Hey fellow launchers, this is Kevin Jennings with the Launch University team, and I want to let you know about something incredible we have going on tomorrow on Friday, March the 16th. If you're in the Atlanta area or traveling through the Atlanta area, we are doing an event with the awesome team at Rome. You might be familiar with Rome because we had their CEO, Peyton Day, on episode 64 of the podcast. Well, we've partnered with that awesome team to do an event called Elevator Pitch Live. We're going to be actually allowing you and other launchers to actually pitch and share your idea in front of an audience, but also with us. Now, that might sound really, really scary, but the goal of this is for us to give you feedback and coaching. As you've heard us say multiple times, we believe feedback is your friend, and we don't want the first time you pitch your idea to be in front of an investor who's willing to help you move your idea forward or a critical customer you need to grow your business. We'd rather that first time be amongst friends. And you also know that everyone else can benefit from your bravery. So if you're interested in that, we'd love for you to see you there. We'd love to have the opportunity to work with you and help you in that way. Now, why is that so important? Well, great ideas don't sell themselves. We know this inherently, but sometimes as launchers, we believe if we build it, people will come. But we have to let them know about what we're creating. And that starts with the words we use as soon as we've had the idea. And we believe that when you partner a great idea with great communication, you will gain momentum. And we believe that we can help you do that. So we hope to see you at Elevator Pitch Live tomorrow at Rome Perimeter Center in Atlanta, Georgia. If you'd love more information about the event and learn how you can register to attend, please go to launchuniversity.com forward slash podcast. That's launchuniversity.com forward slash podcast. And go to this week's show notes. We'll have everything you need right there. Now, on with this week's episode. Welcome to the Launch University Podcast. Turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, Jeff Henderson. There's a question every launcher eventually has to answer. And that question is, how do I fund the vision? How do I find investments and investors who will invest in my idea? And today's guest, Matt McKee, is going to teach us how to do just that. If you're familiar with The Circle by Disney, you're going to hear the story of how Matt was involved in that and helped raise money to now eventually put that on store shelves all over the world. You're also going to hear about some other ideas that he has launched, how he's overcome some failures in his launching career. And I think you're going to walk away with some very practical next steps that will help you launch and fund your vision. So here's Matt McKee. Matt McKee is here today. You're going to answer the big question everybody has, Matt. So first of all, thanks for being here. And uh, for those that may not be familiar with the Matt McKee story, tell us a little bit about your story and then we'll dive into funding the vision. Well, you know, my story is not the normal story. You know, I started off, um, played soccer in college, went to seminary. I thought I was going to be a, a pastor. In fact, I worked at a church for over 10 years. Yeah. Uh, I, but while I was in church, I, I started launching products, uh, whether that be curriculum or tech companies or whatever. And one of those kind of took off on me. So I said, yeah, let's, uh, let's see if we can do that tech company, building teams and doing different things. Uh, then sold that company uh, from there. And how long ago was that? Um, the first sell that I ever did uh, was almost 
Oh, it was eight years ago. Really? Yeah. Wow. And then from there, uh, you know, I had a couple failures and started another company and sold it. And uh, that was, uh, well, that was four years ago. And then, you know, from there, got into private equity and got into some different things. So it, it's, been a, it's been a road, but most people don't say, I started off as a pastor, turned entrepreneur, <laughs> turned uh, investor guy. That's fantastic. So yeah. it's, it's, not, it's certainly not been boring. Uh, no, I, it continues. To, <laughs> I, I continue to uh, to evolve. We'll say that. Now, you you had a sentence in there that I want to I want to come back to. You said had a couple of failures, and then I, I think that's important that you had a couple of failures and you just kept moving because everybody that's listening to this, me included, uh, we've had a couple of failures, if not more than that. What kept you moving? What what I mean, that's just a flyby. So I had a couple of failures, and then I. That, okay, stop. You kept moving. Tell us about that. Well, uh, it's something that I think you just kind of learn from. I mean, uh, sure. I mean, you know, you have the old saying, you know, every failure is just truly tuition uh, to the next thing. <laughs> that's right. And, and that's really the, the way because I had guys around me and uh, ladies around me, people around me who had failed before, you didn't look at them as failures because of what they were doing and what they had done and uh, the different successes that they had. And uh, so I think that's what you have to learn about yourself. Just because you had a failure doesn't make you a failure. And that was mm, a great good. lesson uh, that I had to learn myself. Just because you've had a failure doesn't make you a failure. That, that'll preach right there. That sounds like a former preacher. So, um, well, let's, let's dive into Disney Circle real quick. I want to talk about Disney Circle, Parent Chat, anything else that you've launched. But I think everybody's familiar with Disney Circle, but for those that aren't, tell us about it. Yeah, so the Circle with Disney is a little um, box that you put into your house that helps you monitor, filter, put time limits on the internet for your kids. So it's a wireless device. It's like an IoT device, uh, but then we've extended that to go to mobile as well uh, because every parent out there will go, okay, that's great. Thanks for helping me secure my home Wi-Fi, but what happens when they turn off Wi-Fi and they go to their mobile? So. Right. Everything that you see moving forward will really be about mobile and helping parents try to tackle the smartphone. So this is, give us growth. This has grown quite dramatically. Well, it launched November 4th, 2015. So not really that long ago. Mm -hmm. And since then, uh, it's in over 7,000 retail stores in America. Mm -hmm. uh, it's live in 20 different countries. Uh, and it's one of those things that... Um, really is in front of millions of people now, which is quite fascinating because it really did. It was, uh, it started off as a, as an idea around a kitchen table in Portland, Oregon, uh, that had a failed Kickstarter. I mean, you want to talk about failure and the, the story of failure, like that team could have just given up and said, no, that's it. We're yeah. done. Uh, but because of that, uh, failure, it was interesting because Disney called and said, uh, we think what you're doing is interesting. Now, Disney doesn't call every failed Kickstarter, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but um, it, they, what was happening was, you know, this platform where parents could go, yeah, that's safe for my kids, but then there's also content and some rich experiences that could happen in a safe environment. And that's really what Circle, uh, you know, that's what they saw and that's mm -hmm. what it continues to be, which is quite fascinating. So it was almost dead. Uh, it and was. it was dead, and then suddenly Disney calls. But but what's the backstory between not sure if this Kickstarter thing's going to work, and your involvement, and then and then here you are. 
Yeah, so Disney called. Um, in fact, I called about the same time. Um, my, uh, I was putting my son to bed one night, and uh, during that time that you spend as a dad and a son, and you just try to get to know your kids, I, I asked a question, and the question was, what's the most interesting thing you've seen recently? That's well, a great question. That question, I didn't know was going to put me down this path. And how old was your son at that point? Uh, he was nine years old. Okay. So at nine years old, he goes, Dad, did you know that sometimes Superman and Wonder Woman take off their clothes? And as a dad, I knew right then what that meant. Right. I knew that he had been exposed to adult material that I never wanted him to see. I knew it went way beyond just a picture in a magazine. I knew that he had seen acts that I didn't want him to see. Like There was all these different things, and I went, okay, so let's talk about that more. I... I my gut instinct was to get mad, but I can't get mad at my son. Like there's, I was like, no, no, this is a much bigger deal. Mm -hmm. And it, and what it really showed me was not the material in which he was accessing. It was all of the times as a family we were accessing content. I What it made me do is realize how much time at the dinner table I was texting uh, other people because I was running a company and mm -hmm. all the times that my kids could look at me and go, but dad, you're always on your device. So it, it really did. Wow. It made me step back and go, okay, as a family, we have a problem. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of families are sitting there today saying the same thing. There's a lot of different articles in the Wall Street Journal and New York Times. And like, there's all these different things coming out now. We probably shouldn't be on our devices as much as we are. Yeah. But this was something four years ago that we weren't even talking about. So I said, hey, I want to go find the best solution out there. And if I can't find it, then as an entrepreneur, I'm going to start it. Mm -hmm. So I went out and I went searching. And I made some phone calls and like just in the industry, right? You, you call everybody, you know, hey, who's doing this? Who's doing that? And who's funding this? Right. And those different questions led me to this little team with a failed Kickstarter. Hmm. And, they're, and was, they're in Portland. Yeah. And it was three guys. That was it. And I was like, okay, um, how can I help? And, you know, that's a, that's a question that too often we don't ask. Yep. Uh, and I think because of that question and the question my son, at, you know, answered, uh, it was really one of those things that I just look back and I go, okay, God was doing something. And because he was doing something and he was up, for, up to something uh, and there was a lot of different things in the mix, um, we, we look back now and go, it's been quite a two years, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. So that's so rich. I would say to unpack that, for, for those of y'all that are familiar with the launch loop, we begin with the question, what is the problem you're trying to solve? It's not, oh, I have an idea. Now let me backtrack and find a problem. So you're having a conversation with your son. You have this problem. And I love the entrepreneurial spirit in you that said, I'm either going to find somebody that does this or I'm going to start it. And then you ask the question, how can I help? So that's just really, really rich. So you find these guys. Um, and I guess their issue, like any launcher, is we've got to fund this. Is yeah. that is, would, is, would that be it? No, and that was their answer to me. They, uh, you know, when I asked, okay, give me money, right? Yeah, yeah, how, <laughs> how can I help? And they go, well, we got to get this Disney deal done because it wasn't finished, right? Mm -hmm. It was uh, in the infancy at that time. And then two, we we need some funding. Uh, we weren't able to get funding on Kickstarter. In fact, when you go back, you can even go see it today. Um, they successfully raised $30,000 when they were trying to raise $250,000. So, I mean, they were just over 10% and you're like, yeah, that product's never going to make it. Like there was no, well, and then today you see it's sitting on every Walmart, every Target, every Best Buy, all these mm -hmm. different shelves and mm -hmm. all these different things. Now you could say that that was the power of Disney, or you could say that they found the right community. 
Yeah. Because when I asked what can I do to help, they said, yeah, we'd like to raise some money. Well, I just so happen to be a part of a community here in Atlanta of about 20 or so angel investors who are looking for different things to fund to go, yes, we believe that that's a problem that we want to help solve. And this is the right team. And we're going to go after this uh, area because there were a bunch of different people at that time actually trying to raise money around how do I keep my kids safe online? What's the next iteration of that idea. There was a company out of Chattanooga that's gone under. There's been a couple mm. other companies out there and one uh, from Atlanta, actually, that just sold. They uh, raised $22 million and they were going out there and not only were they trying to do the whole keeping kids safe online, but they were trying to make your internet faster with mesh Wi-Fi and they successfully sold for $10 million. Well, they raised 22. So, I mean, that that's not a, a great story that you want to tell, mm -hmm. uh, but they were out there raising money as well. So what made it interesting about this was a, a nice partnership, uh, you know, with a huge, the number one family brand in the world. Mm -hmm. And then two, what made it interesting was the team that was behind it. Because you had, yes, you had, you know, the three kind of founders, but then you also had uh, the team that they were building around them to mm -hmm. go, okay, that's the right one. At least we believe it is mm -hmm. uh, to be able to go, yeah, we can get behind this. Mm, so good. So, Matt, everybody has their uh, their notepads out. Uh, if you're driving, I, I know, pull over to the side because you said, hey, I, you know, I'm part of this community of 20 angel investors. So, as launchers, we're we're trying to get in front of investors. So let's pretend everybody's in front of your angel investors. What what makes a great pitch, or how would they present? You know, what advice would you give us as we go in front of folks that are asking for money? Because, uh, and I'm asking Matt this, so so this is all right. So you, you know, and you can say no comment, but I mean, you've literally raised millions of dollars for this for this product and others. I mean, I, we're not talking thousands; we're talking millions. Yes. And not just this one. I mean, what most people right. don't understand is um, I've been able to help raise money for multiple companies. And uh, and that's it's been an honor. And, and sitting in this seat, it truly is an honor to come alongside a company or come alongside a movie or come alongside whatever it is and go, no, this is something I believe in. And let's get out there and see what we can do now. Have I failed at raising money? You better believe it. And and there's a famous Atlanta investor here in town. He goes by the godfather of angel investing. And I mean, big guy, done over 140 deals just in Atlanta. And, you know, when you sit down with him and you're like, okay, how many deals are you looking at before you invest in one? And he'll go, well, I'm looking at at least 100. Wow. So, so here's reality for everyone out there raising money. Uh, even the investors are looking at 100 and they're saying no 99 times before they go, yeah, that's the one, at least in my portfolio, in my perspective, in my view, that I'm going to put some money in and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Now, as someone on the other side, you're like, man, I feel like I've pitched this idea, you know, 10, 15. I'm not getting any traction. Until you've pitched it at least 50 times, you won't even know. If there's even a market out there who is already investing in that space, uh, because investors will even go, okay, this isn't my area, but you might want to talk to so-and-so and they'll go, okay. And then you'll talk to so-and-so and they're like, yeah, I don't like that idea or I don't like, I've already invested in that space in mm -hmm. some form or fashion. So there's all these different things that come into, into play with it, or they'll go, 
Okay, I, I want to know more. Now, here's too often what happens though. Uh, we as entrepreneurs, we go, oh, this is the best idea ever. And it's solving a great problem. And then you sit down with an investor and that's all you talk about. You talk about the problem and you talk about the idea. And then you never get to the actual business model on how they're going to get their money back. And too often I've seen so many people fail at that moment where they go, no, um, I mean, don't you see the idea? Don't you see the problem? <laughs> right. And they're like, yeah, but you're not asking me for the idea. You're not asking me for the problem. You're asking me for the money. And I have no clue how I'm going to get any of that back. Mm -hmm. And because of that, yeah, I see the idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see the problem. But I don't think you understand what it means to execute on all of that in terms of a dollar value. So therefore, I can't give you money. That's so helpful. And so if you if on the other side, if, if you're saying I've got a, you know, a widget idea and and then they go, OK, how many are you going to sell? Well, you don't. How do you figure that out? I mean, how do you go? Uh, I, I'm going to sell a million. <laughs> you know, so. How did you know to tell uh, circle investors? So I think we're going to sell based on what's going on. We're going to. So how do you, how do you figure that out? So any helpful hints on that? Yeah. So if you look at the very first year of the projections in which we thought we were going to sell, like we went to Disney executives and we sat down with them and we said, okay, you guys are experts at consumer products, and how many do you believe we're going to sell? Like we walked through with some experts to go, okay, because you know the market and because you have the relationships, like all these different things, like where do you think, well, what's the benchmark? And they gave us some of their ideas and we went to other experts and we said, okay, because of this consumer electronic play and all these different things, where do you think the uh, benchmark is? Okay, so there's some ideas and, and that's what we put out in front of investors, which is laughable today, <laughs> right? And it's laughable because we go, this is our best guess. Yeah. And if we even come close to that, I mean, it's like we all invested in Bitcoin in 2010. I mean, it was just like, <laughs> right. woohoo, right. you know, you're going to love it. No, no. But here's reality. We didn't hit 20% of what we said, but that number was still so large that we went, okay, we could execute around that. Here's, we have all of these different learnings, uh, but you know what? was the key was the vision was big enough mm. that even if we only hit 20%, they were getting their money back. Mm. Not only were they getting their money back, we were getting to the next stage where we could raise more money, which would make their money even more valuable, mm. which was making them go, okay. And if they can hit that next step, then guess what? It's even going to go to the next step, which they're going to be able to raise more money, which means our money is going to be even more valuable. Mm. And that's at hitting 20%. But in reality, like if we could have executed everything and like had enough money to put the teams and all those different things together, then it's possible we could have hit a hundred percent of what we projected that first year. Mm -hmm. But no, it wasn't even close. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was still large enough that everybody came back and goes, okay, this makes sense. There's something here. There's a market here. So let's really mm -hmm. run after it. And you see, as you listen to other pitches, as you're in this community, uh, people really lean more onto the, the here's the idea and the passion behind it and less on the business model. So if you're listening to this, I would ramp up the business model. I think what scares us, Matt, is that, again, we're kind of making this up. And so we don't want to mislead people, right? But um, I think, are there any tips like looking at other comparative products or looking at comparative industries that you would, you know, so it's not, it doesn't feel like you're just making numbers up out of thin air. Um, it is rare. And I, I mean, unbelievably rare that you will come across something that hasn't already been done. Hmm. Um, and 
you know, yes, you have some inventors out there that truly do come up with something that's patentable, that is some type of product that you go, okay, that is unique, but the business model around it isn't. Like they still have to get it either into retail or take it to an enterprise or so even in that context, even though they may think they have something truly unique, the business model around it isn't. Now, even when you get unique business models, like, hey, we're going to do an initial coin offering or like some of the different things that are happening today, you go, well, that's really a, a different model that's describing something very similar that's happened in the past. Mm -hmm. So there's not a lot of new things under the sun. And I think we can go back uh, to, you know, a little scripture and, and figure <laughs> right. that out. Somebody said that. Yeah, somebody said that. But look, I mean, just in essence, it comes down to execution. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got a great idea. Yeah, you got um, incredible team. Yes, you have the ultimate problem. And yeah, you have the market. Because understanding your market and being able to go to market and all those different things. Um, but at the end of the day, what I really want an entrepreneur to be able to tell me is, if I give you $2,500, how much are you going to give me back? Hmm. That's so good. Yeah. And, and you're like, well, I can't do anything with $2,500. Well, hopefully you've put at least $2,500 of your own money in. Right. And you went out and you, you found the treasure and you dug it up and you put it in the field and you covered it back up and you sold everything you could and you went after it. Why? So that you could go back to the field and you could buy it. Mm -hmm. And if you're not like hair on fire, passionate enough about that to do that, then I don't know if my $2,500 or my $250,000 or my $2 million is going to help you get there. Mm -hmm. So there's that piece of it too. And there's a lot of um, people that walk in and go, I, I really don't like my job. I'm trying to replace my job with this other thing that this idea and this problem and, and I'll figure out how to make money. And you're like, no, 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 that's, that's not what investors want to do. They don't want to help you get out of your job. <laughs> they, they want to invest in something that will truly make a difference for a bunch of different people that will create more than one job that will create multiple mm -hmm. jobs. Now, I know what some launchers are thinking, and, and, and I felt this myself. You, you sometimes feel like there's this secret society of angel investors that you've not been invited to, or you don't know, you know, they're not on your contact list, you know. How do you even begin? Now, and I think that's one of the reasons Kickstarter has, has, has grown in other platforms, because it gives you a little bit of a, no pun intended, a kickstart toward trying to fund it. But if somebody's listening and they have an idea and they they feel like they've done this, I've, they've they've got an idea and they've done the business model as well, but they don't know who to pitch it to. Any 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 helpful hints on that? Well, there's, I'm not asking you to give any contacts. <laughs> <I'm just> saying, <laughs> where where would you start? Yeah. Um, well, there are more opportunities today than ever before. Yeah. So congratulations. Mm -hmm. uh, with accelerators that are out there, uh, pitch contests that are out there, uh, like that's where I would start. I would go and go, okay, there's an accelerator more than likely, at least in the area, whether that's Y Combinator, Techstars, or even ones that have been started by churches uh, like Ocean in Cincinnati mm -hmm. that has started that said, hey, we're going to believe in uh, companies and what they're going to do in our community and we're going to get behind those. Mm -hmm. And so getting to look at, okay, uh, now that I see those accelerators, who are funding those accelerators? Because a lot of times that today is a gate. 
And if you can get through that gate, then you're going to get to another gate because they understand you're going to get some types of learning. You're going to get some teaching. You're going to be around some different mentors that will go, okay, really, what's the business model? What's the problem? What's the market? All those different gates. And then from there, go, okay, what are the VCs? What are the groups? What are the people that are going, I really want to help fund this? And that will open your eyes to communities that are sitting around you that you may never know. Uh, which is really ideal. So look at the accelerators that are just out there. Look at um, the different firms. Like there are different family offices. Most uh, people that have started a company don't even know what that term is, but there are family offices out there that have pulled money from multiple families that are funding different projects. Some set aside directly for entrepreneurship. Um, I mean, there's more opportunities out there than you'll ever know, Mm. Uh, but it's just like anything else. Uh, sometimes you, you have to do more than just Google it. Uh, you, ha- you have to <laughs> pick up the phone. Yeah, you have to pick up the phone. Now, uh, on the heels of Circle, you've launched Parent Chat. Yeah. So uh, here comes, speaking of, this is Launch University. So folks, we're, we're dealing with a, uh, a master guy here that knows how to launch. Tell us about Parent Chat and kind of how you launched that. Well, so Circle was the technology Uh, And it was the technology that needed to be in every home. But what I saw was that there also needed to be information that went alongside that tech. And uh, what it was, was the conversation that every family needed to have. So I said, okay, there's a problem here. There's something that needs to go alongside. So what do I need to do? And uh, I said, well, some information, some content, because I launched some different curriculums and different things. I said, it needs to come alongside. But it's never going to be a part of circle because circle is never going to tell you how to parent. Like that's just not going to happen. So what do I need to do? Well, I got in and said, uh, I can start my own publishing company, which, uh, you know, being a self published person, you don't want to put your name on it. You want to put a company on it. So you, you learn how, okay, start an LLC. Then you, okay, time out. That's, that's awesome. But when you, uh, Tell me, I don't, want, I don't want to put my name on it. I want to put my company name on it. Because I think there's a lot of questions about that. Can you dive into that? Is that okay? Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt, but that's so that's so good. Yeah. Uh, well, if you go to Amazon, you don't want to see, um, you know, Jeff author Matt McKee, publisher Matt McKee, and, uh, you know, everything behind it. No, no, no. There, you want at least to seem as if uh, there's something more than just one person behind this. Gotcha. And I also wanted to be able to help other people that wanted to self-publish be able to do so. So, uh, hey, yes, I have this opportunity. Here's the way that these books are going to print on on demand, and here's the processes. And so you have to get your hands dirty a little bit. You have to understand uh, all the different pieces of it. But I've never started something that I go, I really want this to be good just for me, Hmm. Uh, which is just a mindset that I think uh, entrepreneurs who are thinking bigger have to have. So yeah, I launched a book. Uh, from there, the book turned into some videos. And that was crazy because I was out speaking. And uh, when I was speaking at this opportunity, at this event, all of a sudden CBS walks up and the cameraman puts a, a, a microphone in my pocket and goes, uh, I'm with the news, just keep talking. And I went, oh, not knowing how are they going to use this? Anything else? I did the event, right? It was a two hour event. And they come back and they go, do we have permission to use this content? Uh, sure. Yes, please. Uh, it ended up on the news, a five part series along with some other videos. And believe it or not, I can say today, because I said, yes, 
to a microphone being dropped in my pocket, which most people would freak out about. But because I said yes, I can say that Parent Chat is actually Emmy-winning content mm. because uh, the you know the news station put it in and said, hey, we'd like to uh, see what happens, and it ended up winning an Emmy for the news station. So. I mean, those are just things that you just, you never know. And you say yes to some things that you go, I wonder, mm-hmm. and, um, and you launch it. And those things are the ones that surprise you the most. Uh, so yeah, it's launched a book. Yes. It's launched some videos and, um, some other, uh, pieces of content that are out there, uh, that hopefully are helping a lot of parents. That's so good, Matt. So thanks for, thanks for sharing that. Um, so you got circle, you got parent chat, Um, How do you know when the next thing comes that you want to invest your energy in? Um, I'm always on the lookout. Uh, In fact, I probably, uh, it's a little less today. I was looking at probably 20 or 25 opportunities a month. Uh, different uh, companies, different entrepreneurs going to different pitch events. Um, and, you know, because of the amount that parent chat has grown and circle has grown and, you know, different opportunities have kind of come, I don't look at as many, mm-hmm. but just like when I run a company, I'm always looking for staff, even though I might not be hiring. There's always like, okay, that person is incredible. I understand what they're doing and uh, what their passions are. And if I ever need that, I would love to be able to hire them. Uh, As an entrepreneur investor, I am always looking to go, okay, where's the market going? So I don't know if there's ever a time I go, now's the right time. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it is always uh, in the, at least in the back of the mind, okay, continue to learn, continue to, to look, um, even when you have a winner uh, that you're being a part of right now. Final question. Are there any resources on the business plan side that someone would, you know, you could say, hey, go to help sharpen the pencil in the business uh, part of your presentation? Yeah. So there are different services out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even some companies will help you write your PPM, mm-hmm. your product placement memorandum to go, hey, we really are serious about raising money. Mm-hmm. Here's what I, I find fascinating mm-hmm. about the PPM. Uh, many investors will go, do you have one? And then they never look at it, right? So it's a gate to go, are you doing the work? Are you passionate enough about this? Do you really understand who your competitors are and what the market is? And um, have you really looked at the different types of business models that are out there? Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, that's just one of those services, though, that you kind of look at and you go, okay, at least know the language and know what you're talking about um, so that we can get to the Excel spreadsheets to look at, okay, what's year one look like? What are your real expenses Um, I mean, there are some classes as well Mm -hmm. that you could take some very simple kind of business classes. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, even when you look at what Seth Godin has done with the personal MBA uh, things, and uh, there's all these different books. And that was one of the things that truly helped me. Uh, One of the guys that I had the privilege of having breakfast with every week for five years had his MBA from Michigan. And today he buys Procter & Gamble brands. And from those brands, he puts people to work from prison and giving people second chances and underemployments and, uh, and just being able to sit down with him. We went through 66 books in five years, looking at businesses, looking at different opportunities. And that all was because of that program called the personal MBA. Mm-hmm. So 
now I think it's up to 99 books, but there are a bunch of different opportunities for you to learn to go, okay, here's what a marketing plan looks like. Mm -hmm. Here's what the business plan, or at least an idea looks like. Mm -hmm. And you can go back and uh, it really is fascinating. Can we get his cell phone number? I'm just kidding. So this is amazing. Can you, for the folks that would want to, and I know we all would, would follow along with you and your journey and see what's happening. I know you're all over social media and the website. So tell us how we can stay in touch and follow along. Yeah, I say I don't hide very well online. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, Matt McKee, M-C-K-E-E. Um, normally it's Matt McKee on Twitter, uh, Matt McKee on Instagram. Uh, so you, you can find me. And a lot of times I'll be the number one thing that pops up on Google. So, mm. Well, and just so you know, Matt's son, Patriot, is an up-and-coming rap star. He's 14, is that right? He's 13. 13, He wow. just turned 13. Oh, my yeah. goodness. So we just had Matt performed for our middle school ministry here at the church, and it was phenomenal. So um, I'll be able to say, I know Patriot, not you, pretty soon. So, well, Matt, this has been very, very helpful. This is one of those issues, obviously, that as launchers, we we lean more toward the excitement of the idea and what could be, and then it's like, oh, yeah, we got to fund the vision. And this seems to be sometimes something that scares us. It's the world of the unknown. It seems like smoke-filled rooms of really angry people that, you know, and I think you've helped demystify that for us. So, th- So thanks for doing that. You're welcome. So if you want to follow along with Matt, I know you do. You, you, uh, as he said, he's, he's, he doesn't hide very well online. That's awesome. So thanks for that. Parent Chat. And if you're not familiar with Disney Circle, um, you, you can find it all over the place. So as usual, thanks for following along on Launch University. We'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast. Leave a comment. We'll talk back to you. And uh, we're just here to help you take your idea, turn it into reality, and sustain it. And we hope that today's a lesson really from Matt about funding the vision will help you do that. Until then, have a great day. We'll see you next time on Launch University. Thanks for listening to the Launch University podcast. We hope it's helped you move from go-getter to difference maker. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. For more helpful resources, visit launchuniversity.com.